Hey everyone, before we start the show, a quick word from our sponsor, the American Nurse Association, which is a professional group that's trying to advance the nursing practice. It's there for us to help standardize nursing, helps bolster our health and wellness and in every single aspect of nursing. Feeling lucky? Well, the ANA is feeling awfully generous. They're giving away one free copy of Nursing Scope and Standards, fourth edition, as well as some other cool prizes. One winner will receive a MacBook Air, five winners will receive iPad minis, and 15 winners will receive some awesome Sony wireless headphones. Don't forget that this giveaway does not last long, so go to the nursingworld.org or click the description below to enter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Couple Nurses Podcast with your hosts, Matt, and myself, Peter. Make sure you guys check out thecouplenurses.com. Officially should be live when this episode goes live. And make sure you check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com as well. Updated as well. Some cool merch on there. And the website came out pretty cool, frontlinewarriors.com. Wearefrontlinewarriors.com. Better than I thought, to be honest. And if you guys don't, don't know, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We're trying to grow our followers. Thank you for the 1,000 plus subs that we have on there now. Make sure you give us some good ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you drop a like on YouTube and don't forget to check out our vlogs slowly coming out every two weeks, I believe, right? Every two weeks? Vlogs coming yes, out. Yes, sir. Yeah. So what's up, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm hanging out here with you. We're about to have an awesome episode. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the things only nurses will understand. This is the secret information that only working in your career you'll understand. The inside jokes, the funny humor that we have and how we can relate to each other all as a culture in nursing. Yeah, the first one is definitely have to start with the cold browns, right? Cold browns, everybody knows what a cold brown is. Once you enter a nursing field, you're going to have a cold brown. And cold browns are similar to other codes, you could say, but definitely one of the smellier ones for sure. And with cold browns, don't go in alone. Make sure you bring a friend. I'm sure they'll appreciate you bringing them in. Yeah, and when it comes to cold browns, I it's both stool and blood. I would say they, they are both equally disgusting, blood being even worse. I don't know, man. I prefer, I'd rather deal with blood than, 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 uh, than poop. Oh, man, I can't stand the smell, especially afterwards. Mm. I feel like your body just absorbs this aroma. And you remember that poop phenomenon episode we talked about? Yeah. That aroma of blood just carries over for a day with me, man. I, I hate dealing with uh, with GI bleeders. Yeah, the poop phenomenon, if you guys don't know, is for some reason, if you have a patient that has like a cold brown or a GI bleeding and you have to give them bowel prep for like a colonoscopy uh, later that, that day or, or the following night. And for some reason, when you go home and you go to the bathroom and you take a shit, for some reason, your, your poop smells the way, same way your patient poop smells, which is a weird phenomenon. It's not just us because I actually asked a few coworkers and they do experience the whole thing. So I'm not sure if there's any scientific backing behind this. Maybe your smell influences your poop, maybe. Is that likely possible? Could be. Or who knows? Or maybe... Gut, something with the gut, uh, gut bacteria. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe you're, you're, there's leftover smell and you're like silly on your nose and you breathe it in and it kind of associate with your poop. I don't know. Another coat of brown that I think of is when the ostomy bag bursts. Mm. That's a sticky situation, man, because it's going all over the patient's body. In this case, it happened once when I was when I was in clinicals, actually, as a nursing student. Yeah. And I, to, I went in there and helped out. I volunteered because I just wanted to see how it looks, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't go in there anymore. I'd be like, I'll stay away. But tips for those nurses that experienced that. Take two masks and put some toothpaste in between. It's like a layer that creates freshness. You could breathe and withstand the smell. Yeah, or you could put like the the, the Vicks uh, rub. You could put that on, on like your your lip as well or above your lip under your nose. Or some of chapstick works. 
Or you could also bring some coffee into the room. Not like brewed coffee, but just uh, like the ground coffee and just put it in like a little container and have it be opened because that, that sometimes overpowers the smell of the poop. What's also funny about Cole Browns is back then when you put a mask on, you, you felt like you insulted the patient because you're like, oh, it smells. I got to put this on. Mm-hmm. But now that dilemma kind of goes away and it's like we have to wear masks regardless. So it kind of helps us hide our fe- facial free- features if mm-hmm. we're... If poop was not something we enjoy doing, yeah, yeah, for sure, you can definitely hide it now. It's definitely not easier now. But I'm trying to like recall some of my cold browns, and probably the worst one that I've ever had was I was sitting in front of my my patient, um, like charting, and I the patient's room was in front of me, so I could see what's going on, and like I see him move, like dangling his legs on the side of the bed. He like he did it sometimes, so I don't think it was a big deal. And then I look at him, and I'm like, "Is there something dripping there?" And all you would see is this like diarrhea dripping from like his legs down to the ground yikes and you know it's bad when you can see it from outside the room i'm just like hey you guys see this right now they're like yeah good luck and i'm like fuck you know and a, and a patient was able to turn himself so i went in there alone but usually i would bring somebody with but literally if, and a patient slid down in bed so he was covered in shit from like i want to say mid-chest all the way to like his knees and his calves dude wow. i was like what the hell am i gonna he do a, he was a cannabis of poop dude it was, it, was a, it was a mess it was a mess but he couldn't make his known his needs known so it's nothing you could do and and i don't know i didn't give him any stool flow softeners i don't know what happened it's not like he was obstructed or anything he's been having bowel movements but maybe the antibiotics made him go but it was the grossest scene scene i ever had in my life like you know how when you maybe in your clinical and work with babies and how they they uh they shit themselves and it's all over their back and stuff. Yep. That's how it was, it was with this guy, man. But it was on his elbows, and I was like, dude, I gave him like, I, was, I gave him like a literally full bath. Yeah, like, I had to like get get some soap, some water, because the chloroxine wipes aren't gonna be enough. Like I had to like wash him, like completely wash him. Damn. Do you remember my last shift in uh, the contract in L.A.? Mm-hmm. The I had the homeless lady that just was withdrawing from crack or whatever it was and she just kept getting out of bed and it was in a tb isolation room so i can't run in there in time always was getting up and just shitting herself like i remember the charge nurse was looking at me that day through the window and just like man you need anything like i'm good i just gotta get this lady to bed and wipe her feet and everything and that was a bad shift yeah that's i don't know what i i don't know what i prefer i don't know if i prefer a patient shitting in bed or them standing up and shitting on the ground I've, I've had that both ways too. But for my patient, I was able to like put a towel under him because he could walk to the bathroom, but he couldn't. For some reason, he had to shit. Like, same really, like, for some reason, he had to shit standing up and outside the bed. So I literally just put fucking towels underneath him because then you can, then you could do. Yep. I remember too, like sometimes you get them from an ER, you're rolling them back and forth and you got, you got the clean sheets and they're shitting. Yeah. So <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, that's the stuff that we deal with. Right. I remember when I was first starting off as a new grad and I was in the med surge uh, ortho so this guy had surgery and he just didn't want to get out of bed just you know, some of these ortho patients give them narcotics they're just lazy and don't want to ambulate mm-hmm. so he wanted me to catch his shit in his hand <laughs> and I'm like what <laughs> I mean I had to do it you know what am I gonna say no so I went to go get the small little uh what is it let's see the three, three by three just caught it cleaned him up <laughs> I mean, roll them over is good to go, right? I, I as think you're crazy gonna, as that sounds, but I was like, yeah. that was a crazy experience. I thought you were going to say you, you caught it with your hand. I did. Oh, you didn't use like a little bedpan? Because um, that, that would be some shit. A patient's shading in your, in your palm with some gloves on. Yeah, that's what happened. But, <laughs> but, but, in, but I had the napkin over it. Oh, for sure. And then you put it in the bedpan. I just threw it out. Oh, for sure. It was just like, 
so now we're just talking about code browns like this guy's texture was a perfect consistency where it wasn't like fucking leaking or anything he just made like a perfect dinosaur poop bro <laughs> <laughs> literally that's what it was like the one you see in cartoons and shit yeah the one in oh, cartoons that's, that's a good time fun. uh the next one that only nurses can relate to is is a keyword it's a word that you're not supposed to say on the unit not supposed to say it at any point during a shift it doesn't matter how relaxed it is it doesn't matter how unbusy you are you don't say it what about after your shift you don't say it either i don't even say it at home wow. that's how engraved it is can you at least we say it on the show so you people can't, know? Dude, you can't. We have to say what it. If it. What if the podcast turns off? I don't, I don't want think to do it. What, what's the keyword? I don't know, man. What if I like? What if you say say the keyword and I see my ex patient down, down the street or something? Hope he's doing good. Hope he's taking his meds so he doesn't get recommitted. <laughs> what's the keyword, bro? It's quiet. Quiet. You never want to say that word Shh. ever under unit. Never, especially on nights. Yeah, especially I, I, on nights. I got burned when I said it before. Have you? Oh, I definitely, definitely yeah. when I when I first came on. And sometimes you. You, you do it by accident, and then everyone already knows and points it off. And then if something happens, it's your fault. Because it, it, it will happen, but maybe not for your patient. And a nurse is going to be like, yeah, you did this to me, bro. It's, it's almost like we, you know, we did that episode about law of attraction. So we're technically attracting quietness. But because we say it in the moment that it's quiet, we laugh about it and we attract the exact opposite. It and, turns into a negative. It turns into a negative. I don't know how that works, but it's... Uh, it's a nursing phenomenon that as a new grad or if you're in nursing school, just don't use that word around. Mm. I'll just get out of vocabulary too. And the next one is LOLs, so the little old ladies. That's um, they're, they're so funny. Sometimes they weigh like 45 kilos and they're like 80-something and they, they sundown. Mm-hmm. And, and things, as a night shift nurse, you just realize that those nice sweet grandmas just turn into some savages yeah it's mind-blowing how when you come on shift it's the nicest lady in the world like she could be your your grandma like your neighbor and then for some reason like 10 o'clock comes 11 o'clock comes she's trying to trying to go to sleep completely different person like you would think this person has like bipolar disorder or is like schizophrenic like this lady goes from like zero to 100 like it's wild and they don't know what's going on and they're not coherent of what's going on and sometimes they think they're, they're a different age, so they think they're more able to do, do certain things. That's why falls happen happen quite often on nights because people sundown and this 87-year-old grandma thinks she's, you know, 34 getting ready to go to, to like, a, a, a dress rehearsal or a, or a dance party or something. And she, she, she wants to get up. She wants to get up and she gets out of bed and she falls because she doesn't have her walker or doesn't know what's going on. And sometimes you got to put these little old ladies in restraints, you know? It's one of those things where you're like a guy nurse and, like, you could, you could have her, you could hold her down in bed but you're not going to be there the whole night to hold her down because she's just yelling, screaming, being frazzled, moving around, and you gotta you know tie her down with, with restraints. And it's or sometimes it just looks funny when I walk by a room and you have like this small little old grandma in restraints. It's just like 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 Jesus Christ, what am I doing here? Or it's like before the restraints, you ch- try to like put pillows, or sometimes you're gonna put like a little basin, tape it around, and create a little barrier. Of course, the day shift comes, we gotta take it down, hush hush. Yeah. Or day shift comes and the grandma's just sleeping asleep. Beautiful little grandma. Right. Sleeping like a LOL. Yeah. And they say some random ass things. Like they would just get stuck in a phrase like like seeds in baskets. And y'all you you'd hear every every like ten minutes, my seeds are in the basket. And you're just like, like what? It's like, yeah, she's been doing this all night. 
my seeds are in the basket. Just like it's over and <laughs> over and over again. Just like, yeah, you know, that's Matt's patient. You know, her seeds are in the basket, I guess, you know. And it's like, Matt, what you do with her seeds? You know, you can put them in the basket and you start messing with the other nurses, you know. Because yeah, you have yeah. to like kind of make fun of the situation because it, it is sad and it does suck. But it's like, what are you going to like be mad and sad all shift about? Like you have yeah. to joke around with it. Yeah, a little bit of humor. And sometimes it helps the patient too. Do you remember that grandma that you had? That we had to put the NG tube and we, I had to help you out. But yeah. she was she was a little lady too, but she was vicious. Yeah. She was trying to spit at us and like pinch our arms when mm. we got close to her because we got we got to decompress her bowel. Yeah, and dude, she sundown because in the morning she was fine, she was fine, and it was. But like the thing is, like we traumatized her a little bit too. I mean, it, it is what it is. But because we try to get the NG down, and sometimes you know you you traumatize the people because you no know, one likes an NG, especially if they're confused and stuff. And yeah, and she always like, like I, we scared her and she basically always was scared when I came in at night, not on, not on days. Once the days happened, she forgot about it and she was okay. But once she started to sundown again, she like, she would bring back that memory of being scared. So that kind of sucks. But her family was, her family was, was kind of nice. Her family was, they were European and uh, there it was the daughter-in-law or, or something that, that was there. And she told me, she's like, yeah. I, I can imagine her being crazy at night because she was pretty wild when she was, you know, with us. And I was like, yeah. Yep. Even the family was interesting, but that's mm. another side story. They, dis- they disrespected a nurse, actually, and I brought it up. So the fourth thing is compliments that nurses will only understand. And that's like when we say, hey, nice veins. It's mm. something that we enjoy. I personally find veins sexy. I think it's a form of uh, physicality that you're fit, you're healthy. So that's that's an attraction to me. But in general, so nurses, you like girls with like straight vasculature. I mean, they don't look like they're on roids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just a little bit of nice veins. So if you want to get into uh, magic DMs, you got to do some do some forearm curls. Yeah, right before send me a DM with your freaking best <laughs> veins. <laughs> yeah, send a picture of your boyfriend's veins. Boyfriend veins. Yeah. Um, but not yeah, not literally. <laughs> um, so yeah, we love veins. We look at other. Uh, people sometimes we say the same thing like haste hey, nice veins i look at them all the time because it makes such a difference mm. in your shift if they're visible or they're deep and you're just kind of like shooting and seeing you might you might get it right nurses don't give out a lot of compliments i don't give out really any compliments like it's kind of hard patients. yeah it's kind of hard to compliment a patient maybe like nice hair or something i guess but usually the compliment that every nurse gives somebody is nice veins and it's like right away like oh you got some nice veins like when they come from er like oh you got some nice veins and sometimes you know we just Put an IV and you just just to just to put it in. You know, you might have three. Might just give you a fourth one just because you know you have maybe got an IV in in a long time and like man, this guy has good veins. I could probably just get into this guy and you pop one and just like yeah. And dudes walk, dude has four 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 peripherals and like one antibiotic running. He's about to get get discharged. You know, one of those things. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely veins. Veins is something that nurses always look at just because it makes our, our life a lot easier because we know hey, at least in an emergency situation, we're we're gonna be able to get some kind of access into this person especially if you're like in your ICU and you come, somebody comes up with like maybe one or two peripherals, you're like, oh, shit, I got to get at least like one more in here. We're always that. upset because we always got to be yeah. connecting lines and making things happen. Right, yeah. So when we have somebody come up with not a lot of access and they have DCO veins, we're like a, a quite a bit calmer. I want to say like a solid 25% calmer because, you know, if I can't get this good vein, at least someone else would get, a, get this good vein because these are good veins. Yeah, even if you're a nurse that's not ICU for us, Peripheral access is very important. You know, central lines are even better, but you're not going to have those patients. So if you see veins and you start an extra IV, that makes our job a lot easier, mm-hmm. especially when we get patients during rapids. Um, 
more than likely they might be dehydrated, low blood pressure. It's hard to get that damn uh, IV. Mm. It, t- it takes us multiple tries, and sometimes that could lead uh, to a lot of frustration. So if you could be proactive in starting an IVs, do it. Let's get it, yeah. Number five is the magical powers of Metaport tape. And like there's a Frank's red hot sauce where you put that shit on everything. Well, with this tape, we put that shit on everything as nurses. Like we yes. use it to um, hold down limbs for, for procedures. We use it to reinforce like wound vax, reinforce uh, sometimes like your, your Foley, the little hook, the little hole that the hook is attached to in your Foley, that, that breaks off. So you just tape it to the side of the, of the bed. NG tube, ET mm-hmm. tube. Tape peripherals up. you i tape up like um during codes i tape up like my medication to the uh, 10 cc syringes mm-hmm. when i give them it's honestly a nurse's best friend yeah. that tape you always just always cater in your pocket or carry it in your pocket some nurses put it like on their stethoscope um it depends what i'm wearing if i'm wearing the figs uh, scrubs i'm not a fan of them because they don't have a lot of pockets mm-hmm. but i like the pockets on the side of my uh quad and i could just pop Alcohol pads, saline flushes, and some metaport tape. And I think why nurses also like it is because it's very adhesive and it's very strong, but it's, what's rippable too. So you're not there struggling to rip the tape because sometimes you're in a emergency situation and you have some random tape with you and you're like trying to figure out how to rip it and then you end up using your teeth and it's fucking gross, but it's an emergency situation, so you had to use your teeth. And metaport tape usually uh, it rips fairly easily and it's and it's durable and dirty. It's like the 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 king of tapes, I would say. I did have one instance where the lady was allergic to them. She mm. has cancer and all that. So um, the nurse, she taped up the whole entire central line when they, uh, geez, the chest port. Mm. Uh, and I was peeling it off and it was going off with her skin. Damn. I know I felt so bad I had to use like the um, uh, the alcohol removers or not the, alcohol, the, the, the tape removers, yeah. the special ingredients. And yeah, I felt so bad for her. Yeah, pull it, yeah. Only instance that someone who's allergic to tape to that degree. Mm-hmm. But other than that, man's best friend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number six is the full moon experience. Very similar to another point that we talked about, but the full moon, for some reason, I don't know if it's the light of it or, or what, but patients go wild. Especially if you have a sundowning patient, they sundown like 10 times more. It's a harder sundown for some reason. I don't know. How that works, but the superstition of, you know, werewolves coming out at night on a full moon or, or whatever, how that goes, that for some reason works with humans too because people just get wild. And even patients that have that don't sundown, they're, they tend to sundown more during a full moon too. We don't have a lot of experience in this because I feel like we're not reading horoscopes and understanding the, all the astrology signs. Maybe women have a better perspective on how the moon is affecting emotions or these patients. So it, the yeah. shift becomes crazy. Or maybe if a uh, moon is is in this alignment, all the the Virgo patients are going to be crazy. Think so? Time. I mean, but, but if the moon is in this alignment with this, then maybe it's the the, the Sagges that are going to get hit harder. Yeah, yeah. What if it's like that, you know? And like Mercury and Venus are rotating around, so yeah. it affects the other zodiacs. And the physicians are upset because you know Mercury's here, and then the <laughs> nurse practitioners because Saturn, you know. Yeah. Then the IR doctor says no, it's probably Jupiter. Dude, it has to be, man. That's what I'm saying, man. And then Gemini's coming in, and just it's a it's a party, dude. Yeah, it's a party. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I wonder if that. Damn, See, I'm, I'm telling blue. you, we could do a comedy show, dude. But I'm thinking about. I wonder if that has an, has an impact. Like, if someone's, if like the moon is here and something for like Virgos and some for some of Virgo patients do experience that. I wonder if that has any kind of validity. Next time there's a full moon, we should figure out because we could figure out the horoscopes for our patient because we have our, their birthdays. 
True. And they could see uh, what if for some reason all the birthdays that are between like October and November, all those patients go wild on this full moon. Okay, so you probably have to go on those sites and find out whose zodiac sign the full moon is going to affect, and then if figure those, it out. and if that patient is acting crazy, that shift you got to kind of look into the zodiac mm-hmm. sign. Yeah, freaking theory here. I wonder how people would think if you start asking, hey, instead of um, room number fourteen, sixteen, can I get a patient with the birthdays in October, November? <laughs> and I'm saying because no, it's gonna be easy night because the full moon's not gonna hit them as hard, you know. <laughs> People be like, what the hell are you I want about? that assignment, man. <laughs> you yeah, know, the moon's bro. about to hit freaking Mercury tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Good That'd shit. be wild. But yeah, we don't know much about that. Yeah. So let us know if that's a real thing. But there's something about full moons for sure. Mm-hmm. Even um, the ocean, right? The waves somehow, the tides get affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's for sure something with energy, but, but I don't know what kind of energy. Yeah, because they didn't teach us. They didn't teach us like metaphysical things in school. Everything was very material, how to get by. Um, something that my something my uncle told me about school speaking of which which blew my mind is that he went to DePaul University and he got a degree of business and everything but he didn't learn how to trade stocks or how to open up a business and all the LLC or anything yeah so it's like you will go to school to get an over a hundred thousand dollar degree and they don't teach you how to open up a business and how to be be successful in a business degree and how to be independent and how to be independent and that's a problem that the system just all the uh, structures just based on becoming dependent on the system and the corporations it's not about you becoming an entrepreneur becoming successful yeah that's the one thing that I that I didn't like about college and uh, like the college framework is because because I was thinking about not going to college at one point and just kind of like doing my own thing but then I decided to become a nurse was that college always made me feel like it's setting me up to be part of something but not in control of the, of the thing like you're just a cog in the wheel yeah like we, we like we some people say and you're never ever independent like you're dependent on somebody else's success for you to have like a job and a, and a career it's like those never, marketing skills. right never told you on how to be the person that is providing these jobs and providing these the, these careers like yeah. It was never, never gave you independence because it always felt like you're always going to be depend on your boss. You're always going to depend on this person, this person. It never gave you a chance to to win to begin with. Yeah. For those people that are highly ambitious, you know, we're just speculating here. Of course, there's people that are happy with teaching their kids right. volleyball game and that that's love for them mm. and that's happiness. Yeah, but then of course when you look at like a to become a physician, once you become a physician, you're you're independent basically. You're yes, independent in practice, but then of course you're still you're still bounded by by like the medical standards and what you have to do with protocols. Because even a physician, even though you're practicing on your own, technically there's protocols in place you have to follow for certain no things. No matter right? what, you're gonna get sued. Yeah. So you're you still have some some independence and some freedom, but yet you're still binded by these these protocols and these steps and a way to do certain things. So you're not necessarily even really free. Right. We always share some awesome wisdom here. Mm-hmm. So number seven of things only nurses will understand is the mysterious frequent flyers those are patients that we give the best education especially like the chfers or uh reoccurrent i want to say pneumonia but that's i feel like frequent flyers for drugs and things like that is more prevalent in this uh, topic and it's like how do you uh, come so often why isn't the education working do you understand that you're not supposed to eat so much sodium or you know, who told you that you should be skipping your water pills and that's okay. And it's like, we, st- we still see them frequently. Yeah. It always kind of always bothered me because I give 
pretty good patient education and patient, patient advice. And I could never grasp, grasp the fact why these patients always come in for the same problem. And in my case, it was fluid overload. Like the same patient would always come in, fluid overload, fluid overload. And it's like, hey, and they would tell you what they're supposed to be doing and how they should be doing. And they know what they should, they know, they know it. They know what they should and should not be doing. And they know what put them in here and they're still not doing it. And it always blew my mind. I know it's hard, but that's just one of your challenges in life. And you have to kind of adhere to it to live a better life because of the thing that you did in your past. You know, that's one thing you have to deal with now. But it always kind of bothered me from people coming for the same reason over and over and over again. Yeah, I hated seeing the detoxers for like alcohol, especially seeing them with the same family members. And they know, you know, you see them again. It's like, hello, but this is a hello that you don't want to see again. It's better if you're not here because of your loved one. And it's it's the same thing. We tried to educate them and tell them, you know, I should, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. And then they tell you this happened in life and that was an excuse for them to restart. And it's, yeah. it's tough. And it's that, you know, hard part of nursing that we understand that it's taking place. And we just have to keep advocating for them too. Right. And the thing is like, how much times are you going to put your hand on the red stove knowing it's hot? Right until your your hand falls off until you can't do it anymore, and it just it just always always bothered me because I just felt like useless. Like why am I having this patient when he always comes up for the same thing? He knows what he should be doing, like he knows his life lifestyle and he knows his procedures better than I do. He has it memorized, but he doesn't do them and doesn't really care. So like you give like kind of less less compassionate care sometimes because it just gets old and you get sick of it because there's no point to be trying because it's the fifth six, seven time he's here in the last year and he still doesn't seem to care, but he has all the information. And it's so much harder when the patient is like arrogant and ignorant and talks back. It's so much harder to fall back on that trap of just not caring about them and just giving up on them and just being that nurse that's like, I don't got time to deal with this. I, I have my other patients, but they, they still deserve some attention because maybe that fifth time something will that rock bottom the fifth time just hits so much harder they're gonna just snap out of it yeah maybe but unfortunately usually it's the rock bottom is another drastic lifestyle change that's what usually happens is now instead of just having diuretics refs going to have to add an inotrope and just now we're just adding another step into his life and he didn't hear to the first step so he's not gonna hear to the second step and yeah he might realize it now for a for a month or two but he know he's gonna come back because eventually he's gonna stop caring and, and do his own thing yeah and it sucks Damn. Yeah. Number eight is the... Hey, you want to say anything else? No, I was just going to introduce the next one. Okay, let me get it. Run it. (laughs) Number eight is the shift swap curse. This has happened to me a handful of times. This is why I don't like switching shifts because there was one point where where it was like a month where I switched three of my shifts and all three of those shifts that I switched were were a horrible fucking assignment. And I don't want to. There's times where where I have to, but... I, I dread doing it. I literally dread doing it just because I got burned before and I don't want to do it again. Yep. Even picking up shifts, for some reason you walk in that day. I don't know if it's the charge nurse that's assigning these things. Is it the full moon? But something's happening that your shift just goes usually terribly. Yeah. And and even when I was a charge nurse, people would pick up and I'd be like, yeah, I'll give you an easier assignment because I know this is like your your fourth or fifth in a row and you're doing us a favor. And there's been like two or three times where, where I gave somebody an easy assignment and it turned out to be a fucking horrible assignment. It just flipped somebody's sundown or we had to do like emergent dialysis or, you know, patient was, was doing well off on a trouble. Then I started decompensating. They're getting ready for transfer. They decompensated and just like, like, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I tried to do the, the best for you, but 
you know, it, I can't control it. Yeah, something about nursing that always keeps us on our toes. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what it is. There's always situations that never fail to surprise us in the shift and swapping it. But you also when you're picking up these shifts, if you're not swapping, you have to realize that, hey, they're short. Mm -hmm. So it's probably something bad to already begin with. And that's sometimes I would, like sometimes I was picking up shifts at like 11 o'clock. I go in for like a three fourth of one. And it's like, yep, I'm just going to drink my coffee because I know there's going to be a killer one. Mm. You already know people are running around and they're saying thank you for coming in. But hurry and take off your shit because we got to give you <laughs> off all these patients. ER is already on the phone. And it's like, yep, back in that thrill. Oh, for sure. I wonder if it has, with the shift swap, I wonder if it has anything to, to do with, like they say, always go with your gut feeling or your first choice. I wonder if this is like kind of like karma. Like, hey, you didn't go with your first choice. So now this is like your payback. I'm saying yeah I also have a interesting thought so mm. is it horoscope based no it's not horoscope okay. based it's just well, uh, I, don't, I don't want to hear it you don't want to hear it damn <laughs> so you have um when we worked a lot of night shift mm. we always woke up from our nap when I because I've I've worked that same contract for a year total so I woke up always on a night shift just ready to go back into action my heart had to get it right so now Sometimes I wake up as a day shifter or just wake up regularly. Mm. I wake up ready to go. Like my body is just ready. Just I already feel like it's not anxiety so much, but just like this tightness that like, let's, let's get not, it. Yeah. And I got to slow down. I got to meditate. So I wonder if that's something learned from nursing from doing it for four plus mm -hmm. years of taking naps and just bouncing right into action. I think so. That, I mean, that, right. that's a valid, that just, yeah, it's a good idea. I experienced the same thing, but I don't meditate in the morning because I like to take advantage of that rush and I don't meditate till after the gym because then like I, I get up, I do a few things around the house and like I'm like I already did a few of my, my chores or whatever and I, then I'm going to the gym, then I meditate afterwards once like stuff's done because I've noticed that sometimes I would meditate before and it'll be hard for me to meditate uh, in, in the morning is because I have some of these ideas and I want to do all this so I feel it's easier for me to do it after the gym and plus that way I could take advantage of this this like morning rush that, that my body provides and I don't even need coffee. Like if I do coffee now, because if we did, if I, if I was doing nursing care, I would definitely need a coffee in the morning before my shift because I would usually not wake up. I'll wake up a little bit in a rush, but I know I'm going to work. You got to so be sharp. Different. You got to yeah. be sharp at work, especially yeah. in the ICU. Yeah. And plus it's different when you have to, when you have to wake up and have to go to work compared to when you have to wake up and then the rest of your day is you plan it out, right? You have that more freedom. So your body gives you that little more, more energy. But in the morning, I don't even drink coffee. I don't even take pure workout. I just take some beta alanine, put in some water, and I haven't used pure workout since the last time we were in California. Oh, yeah, so I'm, man. I'm ready to go. It's you know, being high on life. Yeah. And then I usually like, crash around anywhere between like two and four. Usually like my, like my, 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 my like, hard times that I got to go through. Damn. Yeah. And then again, night shift, night shift probably back in. Then probably, I guess after that two to, two to four drop in like energy, I'm all good. And then once like nine, 10 o'clock comes, like I'm, I'm up again. And sometimes it's annoying because I'm, I'm up again for till like midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And it's just like, okay, that's my still my night shift tendency. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a process to go to sleep. We're still almost unlearning everything that mm -hmm. we learned for four years yeah, of it's crazy. night shifters. Because mm -hmm. I used to stay up intentionally just like a, like tr uh, transfer over back into being a night freaking mm -hmm. night shifter. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. We talked about things that only nurses understand from code browns to mysterious frequent flyers. We covered it here. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you find value in it, 
Give us that five star. Give us a share. We appreciate it. See you on the next one. See you.